I'm Lindsay, mom of two active boys on the West Coast and believe there's no reason for money to be ugly. I love helping busy moms make it pretty without using cash envelopes or coupons. And I'm Megan. Me and my husband, we have four kiddos and I relate more to the dad role than the mom. And I'm an HGTV loving, oversharing finance nerd. Together we host the Money Stuff with Moms podcast. We understand the hashtag mom life but we also can appreciate the big picture adulting responsibilities like money. In this podcast, we invite you to be a part of our no fluff, fun conversations that will give you helpful on the go finance tips. Even if it's just a peek behind the curtains to hear about what we are doing with our. Hello, hello, we are talking all about insurance today with somebody who I often refer to um, as an insurance guru. I think Alex might like insurance, you know, more than most people. I don't know, like she might like insurance more than she likes her kids. I don't know. <laughs> she really loves insurance. Uh, really she's got insurance. lovely children. She loves her children as well. I don't want to paint the wrong picture. Uh, so we invited her on for that reason. Uh, Megan and I don't necessarily know all that much about insurance and it's like an important thing. And we just wanted to bring somebody on that actually knew what's what uh, about the topic. So um, thanks for thanks for joining us, Alex. Thanks for having me. I really do love insurance. <laughs> yeah, <it's... laughs> just but not like, do you love it more than your kids? Or where do you stand on that statement? No, no, I love my kids more. I love talking about insurance, though. And I love what insurance does for people. Yeah, when it's needed, when it's needed. Why don't you give us a little bit about who you are, your background, and a little bit more about your love for insurance? Sure. So I'm a certified financial planning professional. I live in Victoria. And I've been doing the insurance and financial advising thing for it's like 15 years now I'm still one of the youngest people in the industry it seems yes everyone just keeps getting older including me uh I'm a member of Advocus uh which is the um financial advisors association in Canada and FP Canada and FPAC okay so there's a lot and I actually have other designations as well but what I really love doing is working with business owners and families and individuals to put insurance solutions in place. Because even though hopefully most of us won't need the insurance coverage uh, until we obviously die at the very end of our lives, but hopefully it's not uh, anytime sooner than that. (laughs) I think that a lot of people that I talk to, they really love the peace of mind that they have. Right. So any sort of protection it's the same thing with our house insurance. Right. Where I live, you have to have earthquake coverage, but earthquake coverage is super expensive. So there's some strategies on, you know, like maybe we just get enough earthquake coverage that we'll be okay, even if we can't, you know, fully rebuild our house, even if we don't have full coverage for every single thing we can possibly have it's like something is better than nothing and when I'm talking to families who are working on a budget something is better than nothing is really the is really the strategy that we need to use sometimes with your love for insurance do you have uh do you have a a certain type of insurance that gets more love than another I mean you mentioned home insurance I know that's not your area but you know one of the many things that we have as 
adults. Uh, yeah, we'll get to your most love. Yeah, so I'm licensed to put in place life and health insurance. So health insurance being disability insurance, critical illness insurance, and individual health plans, travel insurance. I think all like I think all insurance is important. So when I'm talking about like what I can provide, best insurance is the one that's going to meet a family's needs. Mm-hmm. So I love permanent insurance, for example. So permanent insurance meaning, you know, it's going to be there forever in, until you die, not end at some point. But for a lot of people, the cost of permanent insurance is going to be really prohibitive, especially for what they need to be covering, what they need to be protecting. So mortgage insurance, for example, um, you know, protecting your loved ones from having to move and sell if they if they didn't, if they couldn't continue paying, then, you know, protecting for that is really important. And where I live, you know, that could be six or seven hundred thousand dollars that you would need in case someone passed away to cover the mortgage. Uh, so permanent insurance for six or seven hundred thousand dollars is going to be really cost prohibitive for a lot of people. So term insurance, just like your car insurance, it's going to be covering you for a set amount of time. The price is going to be the same for a certain amount of time, but then it's cheaper because you're only being covered for a certain amount of time. So in Canada, 10 years, 20 years, those are really common terms that the Canadian insurance companies will offer. And it's pretty competitive, especially the younger you are. Permanent insurance, like I said, is awesome because it's going to pay. It will pay, not if, but when. Um, so I find that a lot of people will put in like a base amount of insurance, you know, maybe 25 or $50,000. And then that's going to be able to, that's going to cover final expenses and immediate cash needs. My clients are all rental property owners. And so permanent insurance sometimes plays a really important role in ensuring that CRA isn't eating up uh, the inheritance when it comes to the last to die besides income properties. What else is the permanent policies providing the cash need for? Yeah. So final expenses like the funeral, any of those like immediate, it could be income continuation. It could be like flying people in. It could be counseling. It could be paying for um, movers account. Like it could be any, anything that, you know, you don't want to be trying to get money out of the estate. The, um, Real benefit of the permanent insurance when we're younger is that it can, depending on the policy that you choose, but there are policies where there's cash value that's accumulating. So there, there are strategies where you're like funding or overfunding your permanent policy. And then it's like growing, the cash is growing, or there can even be an investment component. And then there's cash that can be used later on. So you can be like borrowing against your own you know, be your own banker is one one term that's used for one of the strategies. Uh, for kids, permanent policies are really advantageous because then <clears throat> you're putting you're putting insurance in place for someone who you know doesn't have an insurance need, and the insurance companies you know don't charge really any money hardly mm-hmm. for insuring a child. But over time the policy can grow so that cash value can grow. Also the death benefit will grow. And then that child, when they're an adult, has some insurance in place already. Permanent Mm -hmm. insurance that will be there no matter when they pass away. So those policies are 
you know, obviously they've got way more time to grow. And so if there's cash, if there's a cash value component, the cash value has more time to grow. Also the policies that I put in place for kids, both for life insurance and critical illness insurance, permanent policies in place for their whole entire life. And in both those cases, what I put in place mostly is 20 pays, meaning that the policies are fully paid for in 20 years. So if it's a five-year-old um, that you're putting, that you're getting life insurance and critical illness insurance for, you pay for 20 years, the kid's 25, then they have a permanent forever life insurance and critical illness insurance policy that no one's paying for. <laughs> so when they're like 60, 65, if they needed to make a claim on their critical illness insurance, no one's being paying for it for like 40 years. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. just there. Um, same thing with the life insurance, right? Like it could be fully paid for 80 years before it's actually have a claim being made against it. So, um, you know, that's pretty, that's pretty cool that we can put these, you know, solutions in place for like a really long time, but they're fully paid for. So where that comes for me personally, like for my kids, uh, you know, I don't want to be retired and paying for my kids insurance. Also, I feel like it's pretty doubtful that when my kids are 25, they're going to be like, yes, for sure. I'll take over these insurance policies and keep paying for them. Like that is not going to happen. So it's better <laughs> for those that don't know how those policies work. What would you expect a 25 year old that is uh, now the proud owner of this paid up policy? What would you expect that? Yeah. So, in, so in both these cases, yeah. So I also tell parents not to transfer the ownership to their 25 year olds either. So in both those cases, the critical insurance and the life insurance, depending on the policy, but the ones that I usually put in place, uh, if you cancel them at 25 and they're fully paid up, you get money you get money back in your pocket. So mm -hmm. yes, I have definitely sat with 25 year olds whose grandparents had purchased a policy when they were a baby and they're signing over the ownership and they're definitely taking the cash. Like they're oh. taking the cash. And I, all I can do is point out like, okay, in five years, when you like buy a home or start a family or, you know, maybe something want to start a business, like anything that you want to do and you decide or discover that you suddenly should be getting life insurance. Here's what it's going to cost to rebuy this insurance. So you're giving up this insurance and this is what it's going to cost to rebuy it. But most importantly, will you qualify for life insurance or critical illness insurance at the time that you want it when you're an adult? So it's not, um, you know, it's not always easy to qualify for insurance. Um, I find that these days, especially in BC, where we have a doctor's shortage and crisis and lots of people don't have a family doctor, the chances of someone that I speak that I speak to not having a family doctor and they have something that they haven't seen a doctor about, that's the insurance company is not going to like that. They're like, oh, you have a concern, but you haven't seen a doctor. Like, well, there are no doctors. Well, they don't care. Totally. That's that's a that's a question of your insurability. Uh, referrals to specialists, eight, nine months, one year or more for a referral to a specialist. So if your doctor is like, oh, I don't know about that mole referral to a dermatologist. Well, now you can't get insurance. Yeah. I, I can't get you insurance because you're waiting for a referral specialist. That sucks. So, it, you know, the insurability aspect is also really important. So that's another reason why I when I talk to some parents who are putting insurance on their kids, it's, you know, what if my child can't qualify 
for insurance at the time they need to. It's not doesn't mean that something's going to be wrong, doesn't mean that they're going to be sick. But at the time that they want to get insurance, what if they can't? At least they'll have something in place while they're waiting for, I don't know, that referral to a specialist. Hey, Megan here. I don't mean to interrupt the episode, but I just wanted to pop in and say how grateful Lindsay and I are to have you choose us to be in your earbuds today. If you have a quick second, we will really appreciate you hitting the subscribe and leaving us a five-star review. It really helps us promote our podcast more than you know. Now on to the rest of the What are some common policies that you see families putting in place in terms of the face value, which is the like the the insurance payout amount for those who are Mm -hmm. listening? Um, And um, and also like what what would a a paid up policy of whatever value you choose? What is that worth at, say, age 25? Like, how does it how does it all work? And what do you see as common uh, common numbers? Yeah, good question. So I find that most most families that I'm working with are looking at their insurance from a like from a budget perspective. So after we've put in place coverage for the adults in the house, so we're covering the mortgage and you know continuation of income for a number of years, usually using term insurance, maybe a base amount of of permanent insurance. When we're looking at the kids insurance, I find that most people are doing it on like a on a budget basis. So they're looking at how much more of their family budget can they spend on insurance so the amounts of the kids insurance are pretty like they're pretty basic so I just pulled up some examples for our for our conversation today on you know what would a hundred dollars a month of life insurance look like Hmm. and I just used a company that has whole life policies whole life are participating policies meaning the money that you're giving the insurance company they're covering your life insurance risk they're also like keeping a lot of it to invest so that they can then give back all the, like all the policyholders more money. And that's how the cash value grows. So they pay dividends into the permanent policies, the whole life policies they're called. So if you paid a hundred dollars a month for your five-year-old male child's permanent life insurance policy, whole life policy, uh, it would get $60,000 of guaranteed death benefit and then that would grow over time so at age 25 it would be you know projected and this is based on the current dividend scale so it'd be about eighty-eight thousand dollars of of death benefit of life insurance benefit so not a lot but at a 25 year old probably doesn't have a huge you know insurance need um the cash value at that point would be about twelve thousand dollars but as they get older, so at like when they were 45, the death benefit could be, you know, 164,000 cash value could be over $55,000 borrow against that. You can take it out, reduce the death benefit. So there's like a, a few things that can, that you can do with the policies, you know, if you're signing them to the bank um, or just taking, taking the money out or borrowing the money from the policy. Also on that policy, uh, there's also an option to increase the insurance. So until the age of 50, this child could add more permanent insurance without any evidence of insurability. So without providing any medical evidence, they could just buy 
more permanent insurance. Uh, And then for critical illness insurance Mm -hmm. for kids. Yeah, you know, these are the things that how, how, and this is a rhetorical question, like how are people supposed to know how much insurance costs without sitting down with somebody and asking how much insurance costs? And when you're just curious about it, you might not want to sit down with a professional. Like you're not at that stage, right? Like you don't want to have a full conversation. You're just kind of interested, just inquiring, is this something that I would prioritize in, in my budget? Um, and, uh, yeah, so I think it's, it's always neat for people to, um, hear some, uh, scenarios of, you know, what, what is that, right? Of course, everybody's scenario is going to be different. And there's a million different ways that you can create the policies and adding, you know, a, a certain bell or whistle might um, might increase their premium. But I think that, uh, yeah, you providing some examples is really good context for people. Yeah. And that's a really good point, Lindsay, because I think that term insurance, term life insurance in Canada now, you can easily just go online and pull up some rates, you know, yes, yeah. it's, it's easy to find that information out. How much does a term policy cost for 20 years for 40 year old, you know, that information is available, but there isn't a lot of variation in term policies, like term mm-hmm. life insurance is just term life insurance. There's no, there's no, there's no extra features. Whereas that's harder to give sort of estimates about life insurance or critical illness insurance, because there are like dozens and dozens of options. Like how long is the term? How many illnesses are recovering? Uh, how long are you paying? So it, yeah, it can get really tr- tricky. But for an example of critical illness insurance for kids, so again, it's permanent critical illness insurance. So it covers um, can- life-threatening cancer, heart attack, stroke, like 22 other conditions, Parkinson's, coma, blindness, um, MS. There are There is an option to add like three childhood um coverages like three childhood diseases autism rett syndrome and cystic fibrosis but um like it adds an additional cost and they have to be diagnosed at a certain point in time Sixty thousand, so the same as the life insurance so for sixty thousand dollars of critical illness insurance coverage the cost would be about um fifty five dollars a month fifty seven dollars a month for a male five-year-old and again, that's a 20 pay. So you're paying for 20 years and then you never pay again. And then you can get all your money back after the 20 years as well. But you don't want to because critical illness insurance. So these policies have been changing. So since I've been in business, the definitions for critical illness have been changing, um, getting more restrictive. Uh, someone um, who would have received a critical illness insurance payout for melanoma for instance um the depth of the melanoma has changed so now it has to be like more depth than it used to be the um you mean like the depth in their layers of skin correct yeah so they're changing so they're yeah. changing the definition so there's yeah. only so much they can increase the cost so in order to keep this this product sustainable the insurance companies need to mitigate their risk as well by either like making it more difficult to get the insurance, charging more if anyone has any sort of um, you know family history or any reason why their risk to the insurance company is higher. And then by changing the definitions so that like they really are paying out when it's like a critical diagnosis. Mm-hmm. 
I think it was you. It was a story about a client or somebody um, who had a heart attack and um, <laughs> had to like go through the whole heart attack and, and their um, CI policy didn't pay out because the heart muscle didn't die or something. Is that your story? Oh, I was talking to a paramedic who was looking at the definitions and saying the definitions that there has to be death of the heart muscle of like the heart tissue is right. part of the definition. I'd have to look at this again because it's been a few years. So the definitions, like I said, they've changed. Totally. But yeah. the paramedic was saying, well, it depends how close you are to the hospital. So if you were in Victoria and you're like at the hospital really fast. So like someone I know who had a heart attack within like 40 minutes, they were like in surgery mm -hmm. at the Jubilee. Like it was that fast. But this paramedic was saying, you know, if you lived somewhere else on the island, it could be like 40 minutes until like you're even on your way to the hospital. Hmm. And then do they have, are they calling someone in for surgery? So depending on where you live, that could affect, yeah, whether or not you get a payout because it's whether or not, you know, the definition gets met. Now, I think I'd rather like not get paid out on my CI policy, yeah. And yeah. not have that death of the heart muscle um, or it's sorry, heart tissue whatever it is. So, um, yeah, so the definitions are like, they are standard definitions and thank goodness in 2017, the Canadian insurers have standard definitions. So I don't have to comb through every single insurance policy for critical illness to see like what the differences are in the definitions. However, that being said, the, uh, there are different advanced payouts. So if you, if you have, um, if you have certain things, happen, then you can get like an advance, like a 10% advance on your insurance. Gotcha. It's, it's such a, yeah, it, it, it's such an interesting, um, insurance is a tool in the toolbox, right? Totally. Like any product or, you know, in, in our industry. Um, and it's one that, I mean, there's this stigma out there that insurance companies are big, bad jerks and the policies never pay out and, you know, and insurance is expensive. And I'm not saying that those are 100% false statements, but they're certainly not 100% true statements. And, but because we have this, um, like commonly held negative belief in Canada about insurance, I think it's something that, uh, like a lot of people just don't know, they don't understand. Um, they're scared of, you know, the, not just the insurance company, but the big bad commission salesperson, um, you know, which is also not true or false. <laughs> it is both. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's just, it's one of those tools in, in the toolbox that um, I think that a lot of people don't get the opportunity to learn how to use or, you know, how it could be valuable to them. Um, and so I'm wondering in terms of permanent policies for kids, um, is there like a stereotypical family scenario that, or like a stereotypical, um, situation that, okay, now a permanent policy for kids is kind of the next thing on the financial planning list um you know can you put people in a box at all for us so that people um you know kind of know whether or not it's even worth it to spend the time investigating yeah so i think like i said if we've taken care of the parents 
needs, their insurance needs. So the parents have coverage for their mortgage, for their loans, for any other debt. They've got income continuation. So if one of the parents passed away, then the family will be taken care of. If we've covered that off and we have, you know, retirement savings plan in place and, you know, the financial outlook looks good and we have cash available to start doing some planning for kids, then, you know, the RESPs, right, we're funding those. And then, yeah, the next step after that would be looking at the permanent insurance for the kids. I do find that uh, when parents ask me, like out of the blue, like if, if I haven't done the family planning and they come to me out of the blue asking for kids permanent insurance, it's because something's happened in their life, right? They've seen something happen and they're like, I need this for my family. So that's a case where, you know, ideally we're looking at the whole entire family, but if someone comes to me and says, I need this product for my family right now over anything else, then, you know, then I'll look at putting that in place for them Mm, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Does that so, point you're, you're prioritizing like the peace of mind that absolutely that family in that situation, that's what they're coming to you for is the peace of mind yeah. as opposed to the, the big picture insurance financial planning. Like, totally. Yeah. And I learned that early. I learned that early in my career. I had, I had someone come to me and say, I need an RESP for my child. And I was like, well, we need to do all this other thing. Look at the financial planning pyramid and that's yes. up here. Totally. And, and I did, you know, I did the full assessment and I said, like you were things. taught and trained to do. Correct. And I said, here are the list of what I see as priorities for your family. Mm-hmm. And then we met again and they were like, we opened an RESP. I was like, what? And they were like, I couldn't sleep at night without an RESP for my children. And I was like, okay, so it doesn't matter what I'm told is, you know, the priorities, the financial period, like nothing really matters. If like you can't sleep at night because you don't have an RESP for your child, then okay, let's make that happen. And then we're going to go right back to like, you know, what the identified priorities are and they had identified priorities this just I just didn't understand that this was like the most important priority so yeah again like whatever helps you sleep at night is going like that's what matters right because you will carve you will carve money out of your budget for things that you prioritize so if it's important to you then you're going to you'll pay for it you'll make it work so for the kids insurance what um with any insurance it needs to be sustainable so if someone was like, I want $500,000 of permanent life insurance on my child. Okay. That sounds awesome. When we look at the cost, is that sustainable? Because I've heard lots and lots of stories. I have met with lots of people who've told me that they were, and this is more like they were sold something in their early twenties, like permanent life insurance policy. They were told it's going to fund their retirement. It looks amazing on paper. And it was 400, $400 a month. And so I meet with them, they're in their thirties and they're like, oh yeah, I had to cancel that because the second I bought a house, the second I had a kid, they didn't have $400 cash for this permanent insurance policy that they didn't really see the value in at that stage in their life. And they didn't really see the value in it when they were in their early twenties, but it sounded really awesome. And they had $400 a month. So it all worked out, but then then it didn't work out. And, you know, when I'm talking to them, usually they've already canceled it, which is a shame because of course there's so many different options. You can lower the insurance amount. Like we could, if you only have $50 a month for permanent insurance, we'll just drop that coverage down. So then you still have something in place. 
and it's only $50 a month. And it was at your insurance age when you were younger. So the sustainability is really important for the insurance. Like, I don't want to see anyone paying, you know, thousands of dollars a month in insurance coverage and your insurance portfolio looks amazing, but then, you know, something happens, someone loses their job, someone's in between jobs, the pandemic hits, food costs go up, your gas, your mortgage rates, (laughs) you hit the trigger rate on your mortgage. And all of a sudden you're looking at what are we spending money on every month? And it's like, well, we have this permanent life insurance policy that we're paying for like do we really need that and like I understand I write a life insurance for my husband I don't write a check anymore but like when I pay my husband's annual life insurance bill I'm like do I need do I need that much insurance like I have to look I have to evaluate it as well like do I want to pay that much for his insurance and I'm like yes I do because the alternative is if something happens like I need that protection in place so it's you're paying you're paying for the peace of mind but mm-hmm. then if you need the insurance like it will pay in spades i was so, talking to someone this week they had a flood their home insurance had all the coverage and it was worth the i think they said 100 extra 140 dollars a year for that overland sewage water, yeah whatever and so like they're thanking their past selves every single day and that's what this insurance is too, right? If it ever needs to be used, you're you're thanking your past self for making that decision and then continuing to commit to that decision every every payment. Yeah. I think I think it was you that I first heard um the saying that it's a uh and so correct me if I'm wrong if you don't want to be quoted this way, uh, but the saying of um it's a lottery ticket that yes. You know, that you hope not to cash, right? Or to claim on. And it really is, right? Yeah. It really is. Yeah. I have three critical illness insurance policies. They have different lengths, Mm -hmm. like different term lengths. One's uh, 20 years, one's to age 65, and one is to age 100. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, it's monthly that I pay. And I'm like, reverse lottery, reverse lottery. If I never claim on any of those critical illness insurance policies. Amazing. Fantastic. That means I've, I've, I've won the health lottery, totally. Yeah. but if I lose the health lottery and I have to make a claim on one of these, on one of these policies, then at least I had, at least I had them. At least I bought the reverse lottery ticket. And if I need to use them, then I need to use them. Same thing with my kids, like the insurance that I, that I pay for, for my kids, you know, I mean the permanent life insurance, they will be using that at some point. Mm-hmm. 100% guaranteed. But if they never claim on their critical illness insurance policies, well, fine. I mean, they're going to be fully paid in, in another 10 years anyways. So I won't have those payments forever. And then they'll have it. Yeah, they'll have it in place. They'll have that protection. They won't be trying to get critical illness insurance desperately at some point and not qualify for it. Um, they might try to get critical illness insurance. They'll probably definitely try and get more life insurance at some point, just, you know, for term, term coverage for, you know, larger things like a mortgage or, or debt, but they, they'll already have something in place. They'll already have that foundational insurance piece in place. I find insurance really heavy when you get involved in claims, right? Like that's where, that's where it's really heavy. And, and always people are saying like, 
I should have bought more. You know, my friend who's a widow who says I can share this. She said, buy more. You, you think it's enough? It, it's enough. It's enough. She's like, but I wish I had more. She's like, I wish I bought more. That's her, that's her message to parents. Um, cause yeah, if, if, if you lose, you know, if you lose a, a parent and you have young kids at home, money, money doesn't solve all the problems, but it certainly solves a lot of problems. Gives you more options. That yeah, financial, cool. like having that financial stress be alleviated is like, it's just, it's priceless. It's priceless. Yeah. Um, but, but we don't know if we're going to need it or not. Right. But yeah, just seeing people like, yeah, I've just, I've known too many people who've passed away. My parents were like, uh, we don't go to as many funerals as you do. I'm like, yeah, it really, it really sucks. It, it really sucks. And especially if it's someone I know, and I'm like, you know, if I didn't have that conversation at base, every, if you see on my Facebook, I'm like, Hey everyone, just like, you know, check your life insurance coverage. Like there's a reason, but it, yeah, it's really, it's really hard for me to be like, did you buy life insurance? Do you have life insurance? You better have life insurance. Mm-hmm. Every time I go to a funeral, it's, it's really, it is really heavy, Megan. Yeah. And if, if I'm talking to clients about insurance and I've, it's been, you know, I've had a recent loss, then that, that is really hard. Um, yeah. It's yeah. real. I mean, none of us are walking out of here alive. So like, it's a conversation that you, like we as financial professionals, we have to have with our clients. Some of us are more comfortable having it than others. And it is one of those things that you, you need it, hoping to never need it. So yeah, I've, cause we want everybody to live long, healthy lives And unfortunately, that's not the reality for everybody. And so having those conversations and and getting plans in place that protect all this hard work that you've been working on to protect it from, you know, the one unfortunate event that's going to just kind of shake up the house of your your money house a bit or Mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah. Like in a perfect world, the insurance that I'm putting in place is just to cover like capital gains taxes on your on your investment properties or donating to charity like I would love it if my permanent insurance policy I would love it if no one in my family needed it I die so far in the future that everyone has their fine you know their financial foundations all taken care of and my permanent life insurance policy is just paying for you know any taxes that are due and donating to charity. Like that would be so perfectly ideal. Mm-hmm. But if I die tomorrow, like, yeah, my family will need that money. Well, need the permanent insurance, you know, hopefully they can donate some of that would be my hope because I have term insurance. But yeah, once my term insurance is over, that's the permanent insurance is all that's left. Yeah. And that's, yeah. And that's what it's for. Right. Um, And I think, you know, in, through our conversation, um, there's different questions that listeners 
might come up with. Um, if you want to uh, reach out to Alex, you can find all of her details in our show notes. Um, so reach out to her directly. Um, and if you just want to chit chat about insurance, you can uh, drop Megan and I a message uh, and we can uh, we can chat about that some more. I'm sure we will come up with, um, you know, other insurance questions and topics and have Alex back again in the future. Um, you know, I, I like talking to other busy moms who understand that we are trying to spin all the plates and not have too many of them smashed on the floor, um, you know, when it comes to our budget and, uh, and just a really good kind of expert perspective that you don't always find um, when you're when you're looking for answers. So I think we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Send us those messages if you have any questions and uh thanks for hanging out with us alex yeah thanks for having me thanks alex it was great to see you thanks for spending your time with us today if you heard anything that piqued your interest check out the show notes because we probably have some extra deets or links down there your homework for today go talk to someone about your money either your spouse your kids your coworker, or a licensed professional and if you don't like those humans today We're always talking in Lindsay's Facebook group, Black is the New Red. So join us over there. Head over to Facebook, type in Black is the New Red. You'll see so many amazing, like-minded individuals in there trying to get better, asking the right questions, supporting one another. We look forward to hanging out with you again on your next dog walk or while you watch soccer practice from the sidelines. Cheers.